0: Welcome to the Heather Penny Podcast, where our goal is to help you reach your potential by increasing clarity, building confidence, and engaging courage. Dr. Heather Penny is a leadership coach, trusted advisor, and admired author. I'm Christina Morales, a writer and marketer, and Heather is my dear friend and my coach. And today we're continuing with our Grace Space series. Be sure to go back and listen or watch our past episodes to learn how to demonstrate grace in every circumstance. Today, we're on part five. And we're going to discuss connection versus protection. So, Heather, if there was one part of Grace Space that would best define me, this just might be it. We're jumping right into my coaching session today. So, buckle up. <laughs> I have the hardest time connecting with people on a deeper level. I'm sure, like most people, I have a million friends. I have a million friends on Facebook, Instagram. But I don't really have any best friends. I don't have someone I can just call up and say, hey, how's it going? Um, How do you not let past relationships and hurts steal the potential for future connections? Wow, you're just dumping right in, aren't you, Christina? (laughs) We only have 30 minutes and I got a lot of issues. So (laughs) let's go. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. Yeah, so... Kind of jumping into that, learning how to trust again. I want to talk about two different ideas. The first one is a trust continuum. So think of it as this continuum of zero to ten, and you're looking at where you fall in the continuum. When you have a brand new friend, it's everyone's at zero. You're waiting to see how it moves up to a one, to a two. How are you depositing the trust between each other? How do your values connect and correlate? How are they depositing into the relationship? And so. Hopefully, your trust level begins to get up higher and higher if you want a higher level of uh, closeness and intimacy in your friendship. Now, take that idea of a trust continuum growing and now have this other picture of like like a bullseye, a target in your mind's eye. And in the middle of the target is the heart. There's all these circular rings going out. As you move up the trust level, you're also kind of moving people in closer and closer to your heart.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Now, here's the reality. You can't handle a ton next to your heart because, first of all, it's a lot of emotional energy, spiritual energy, mental energy. So understanding how many people you can really handle near your heart. When I was single, I had probably a good 10 or 15 because I had a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. As I got married, my husband was the one close to the heart and I wanted to really connect to that with him. And so probably shrunk to closer to five. Uh, as I had kids, I think there were days when I had was lucky if I had one or two people that I could just pick up the phone and call at that heart level. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're monitoring all the different seasons in life and in how your heart friends and your heart circle either have to grow or shrink depending on your season of life. And mm-hmm. all of it is connected to how we are building trust and how they are participating in building trust.
0: hmm. And In my mind, it seems like connection versus protection. It works kind of on a sliding scale. Like the more you protect yourself, the less you're able to connect with others. So like the door of my heart would be about 25% open and 75% closed. So am I viewing this correctly?
1: Yeah, you know, thanks for your honesty. It shows that you've probably been hurt too much too often.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: now you're trying to get your toe back in the water. And I know I've been there and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have been there as well. Of course, where we can stay stuck is we always keep it at 25%. Mm-hmm. So eventually you're going to want to find out how do you open that door all the way? Mm-hmm. Who are you open it to? How often are you open it to? What type of people have you opened it to? And it really backfired on you. And what did you learn from it? These are all that next level of conversations that you're having with yourself as you mature in life.
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: learning how to open that door to, you know, 30%, 40%, 50% is kind of the journey you're on. And it's very typical for those of us who've on the other side of our 20s and 30s, (laughs) we're we're maturing in our friendships. We've all been burned to different degrees. I mean, most of my coaching is, is really working with people who are dealing with wow, that really hurt. Mm -hmm. And some of them can circle back around with these friends and some of them, they just have to have a very strong boundary with these individuals. So there's so many beautiful challenges in this. Uh, What we want to do is make sure that as we kind of dip our toe back in that water and figure out, okay, what do I need to do to open my door a little bit more? You're learning things about yourself. What are your core values? There's core values. And I usually encourage people to have five or six of them. Mm -hmm. For me, it's loyalty, commitment, honesty, freedom. These are core values that once they've crossed those, man, I got to, I got to shut the door. I just Mm -hmm. don't have it in me to keep trying to work with someone who doesn't share those core values. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And sometimes we develop more core values as we age. Sometimes we, um, we have, we develop a core value because we got hurt. You know, Mm -hmm. someone lied about us and we confronted it and they didn't own it. And they continue to lie about us and make false accusations. Well, No, I'm not going to keep trying with that person because one of my core values is honesty. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense?
0: Mm -hmm. As you're talking about the seasons of life, it made me think of a different question too. Like Everyone has to feel so busy and I think it makes them feel important and self-worth, like with their self-worth. I'm so busy, I have to drive my kids around, I have to go to work. And then I realized it feels like everyone's so busy, I don't feel worthy of Mm -hmm. people's times. You're so busy doing this, I feel I feel bad bothering you. And so in a way it's protection from hurt, but in a way I'm realizing as you're talking, like I don't feel worthy to bother somebody just to say hi because they have all of these things on their plate. They don't have time for me.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because you know I too have struggled with that and I have a great example that I just did uh, this morning. Mm -hmm. I was starting to feel a little lonely. I mean, I work hard all week and I love Mm -hmm. my clients, but- when I kind of turn my 180 toward the weekend, toward my social life, I I go, well, now what do I need? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do I want? I want to go play with someone and I want alone time and I want to connect with my kids and I want to connect with my husband. There's a massive amount of needs yeah. that kind of start hitting me. And I just have to sit in it a little bit and say to myself, what is it you, you want to do in a, in the social setting? The professional setting is easy for me because you got all these clean boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. What I realized is... I want a friend that I can go do a fun little craft with. I, yeah. A couple months back, I did all these what we call succulent pumpkins, and it's right. become a hilarious thing where everyone's like, Heather, I want a succulent pumpkin. I go, <laughs> I'm not selling them, but here's how you do them. So I put it on Facebook, and funny. I think it's somewhere on my Facebook page. Isn't it, Christina? The People can look it up, the succulent pumpkin. It probably, <laughs> they probably won't hear anything I've said on this on this podcast, but they'll want the the do-it-yourself succulent punk, pumpkin video, which is two, yes. mi- two minutes. So. <laughs> Uh, we'll make sure we put that on our Facebook. But um, it's kind of this idea of, okay, I want, I, this is what I want to enjoy. So I reached out to my succulent pumpkin buddy mm-hmm. and said, hey, crafting buddy, I miss you. I haven't talked to her in maybe two months, you know, but I'm at peace with the fact that that's a little bit of how I do friendship. Yeah, I work hard, I run fast, and I need highly secure people that, that are running and working hard fast too and are secure enough to reach out and say, I miss you. Yeah. So I just said, Hey, crafting buddy, I miss you. Where you been? Uh, any, any chance you're up for a walk so we can start scheming about our, our mm. Christmas craft.
0: Yes. Because, so
1: then I'm like, I want to connect with her. I want to have fun with her. And I also am telling her, this is what I want to do with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She was awesome. And she said, quickly texted back. She goes, oh my gosh, I would love to, and I miss you too. And as much as I would love to take a walk, I'm going to be a week in Tahoe with my family for the whole week.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: we got a cabin up there, but let's circle around when we get back. So how we handle that is also giving them the permission to say, yes, go do your beautiful life. Mm -hmm. you know. So I kind of said, oh, how fun. Yes. Circle around with me when you get back. But now my gaze is kind of turning. Okay, what am I going to do now? Do I need me time? And then my husband was like, are you can we go play? And so I thought, yes, let's us, let's us go play. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of looking for those social spaces and being aware of how to reach out, how to really take the rejection, how to Mm -hmm. say, it's okay. I'll see you when you get get on the other side of Thanksgiving. How do we move into the connection that we want to have with the people around us in a social setting all requires a a certain level of um, vulnerability, Mm -hmm. but also high self-awareness of what is it that I need right now? that's different than my day-to-day workspace.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is my aha moment. Cause it seems like every call we have an aha moment. (laughs) So my (laughs) aha moment is like, I feel like I'm always ready. Okay, let's go. And then the people I've had in my life is I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Okay. It's my calendar. Now I can fit you in. And -hmm. that's hurtful because it's like, you know, you don't want to be the dog waiting at the door when the person comes home from work and then you follow them around and then the person leaves. I mean, that's, That's no way to be respected and treated well. And so it's easier to say, okay, well, I'm just going to block myself in and not have to wait for you at the door anymore because that hurts.
1: That's so well said. I actually had another experience too last week where I reached out and I said, hey, I, I miss you. I'd love to see you. Probably six days went by and I realized, okay, that stings. That's a little long for me. You know, when you think we're close friends to have that long of a wait time, now, it was really great how she reached back out and owned it and said, oh, I'm so sorry, I've been traveling. And we got more family coming in. Uh, let, me, let me reach out to you when, I'm, when, when we're on the other side of this. So then it helped me feel better so that the relationship was intact. But it also taught me about that relationship, which is she's got a very busy schedule and she's not able to be spontaneous and she's not able to just hang out, which I get. I understand. But she's probably not going to meet my needs. Then, when I really want to go on a walk, I really don't want to wait six months to be fit into her schedule.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that helps you
1: understand where you're at on that um, kind of the priority list and where they're at with the circles. I'm like, oh yeah, but we're going to move her out a couple couple rings from the heart, which is okay because I want to be able to have some spontaneity. I want to be able to not have to wait six months to get on her calendar
0: mm-hmm. and.
1: In my close friendships, that's one of my values then. So you kind of learn that. It doesn't mean I disregard her as a friend, and I'll, I'll probably, when she <laughs> makes room for me, I'll probably go, oh, cool, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Right. But I also might say, I don't know if this is working for me, and so I may, I may stop reaching out. So there's no right or wrong, but it's just kind of understanding where each person is on that concentric rings around your mm-hmm. heart that allows you to navigate those relationships and feel... A little bit um, like you're, you're managing your expectations versus hoping, hoping Mm -hmm. someone will pick you.
0: (laughs) I know. I'm the last person in the PE line. Pick me for your team. I'll be Christina's friend. That's going to be your (laughs) Facebook (laughs) post. I'm really not this pathetic. (laughs) No, but uh, what you just said too is expectations. Like some friends you're going to have deep meaningful relationships. And sometimes you're just going to say, Hey, fun time, Betty, let's go shopping. You know, like, and that's okay. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then I was thinking about our talk today and I realized that part of my lack of connection comes because I've been around a lot of difficult family members. I mean, we've talked about this. There you go. They would overshare, dominate conversations, and basically empty their emotional baggage on everyone. And so I would cringe. I'd want to crawl under the table. And so every word I say, I tend to overthink. Am I protecting myself from being like those people or from being judged by others? Where do I go from here? Like I replay all these conversations a million times going, did I say something wrong? Did I share too much? Um, am I being needy like this person in my life? And so How do I evaluate a healthy conversation?
1: I love that you asked that question because I resonate with this so well, which is probably why we get along so well
0: Yeah,
1: um And it's probably why you like a lot of what i'm offering because I think there's such continuity in some of our stories right and here's me a little bit Just a little bit further along the road christina Um, but I too have, have struggled with that too. And I realized a tremendous amount of my energy was making sure that everything was okay. And that's what I call the tap dancing. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like I was constantly tap dancing. Are you okay with me? Are you okay with me? Are you okay with me? Once I gave myself the permission to go, my gosh, this is exhausting. And by the way, I don't do this to you. Mm -hmm. I have a really kind of free acceptance and non-judgmental attitude and yet I am trying to stay in relationships where I'm being judged and critiqued 24/7 hmm. that's what I was kind of uh, taught to do and that's where I thought I'm done I'm done doing that so right next to my heart the number one value is freedom which means freedom from judgment freedom from control freedom from you need me to be a certain person for you a certain way from you I just no. The moment I start feeling that criticism, that judgment, that you're not enough for me, I don't like who you are. The moment I start feeling that, I've already, that's just like this, this quick litmus test for me to say, yeah, I just don't feel freedom in this friendship. I feel pressure. I feel pressure to perform. I feel pressure to tell you whatever it is you want me to tell you. I feel like if I say the wrong things, it's that eggshell feeling Right. Well, I'm good at it because I, I grew up with a lot of it, you know, and it's not just in my family of origin. It was in my, um, kind of my religious circles that I was in that puts mm-hmm. a lot of pressure on me to say the right thing and to do the right thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Once I
1: began to realize it was the world that I was in, I just really fought for my own freedom and said, no, I'm just going to be a person with freedom because I, I offer freedom, which means I want to be able to receive a level of freedom where i'm not misunderstood i'm not falsely accused i'm being given a chance to explain myself that's just one of my core values where the conflict then can be one of ease because there's a trust level there that i like to have around an eight nine or ten with my close circles
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That help? yeah and um there's no such thing as quote-unquote Healthy or normal, is there? But how do you protect yourselves and still connect with others? Uh, Does it come over time? Does it depend on the other person? Should I put a warning label on my forehead that says use with caution? Like, how do you protect yourself and still connect?
1: Okay, so this is going to be hard to hear, but because I don't like it either, but I'm going to just, this is a warning coming with the warning. You find out in conflict okay. and if the conflict is able to stay constructive and you're both better because of it, that's a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. If the conflict makes you feel like you've lost sense of yourself, it feels destructive, mm-hmm. you feel demeaned or overwhelmed, or you have to give up um, pieces of yourself in order to stay of the relationship. These are all destructive things. Mm-hmm. And As hard as it can be, and I've been on both sides where I've had constructive conflict and destructive conflict, it takes us a while to realize sometimes that that destructive conflict is not helping you and you've got to start putting some boundaries down and get out (laughs) or a step step away. And I have the tendency that I want to keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying because I love that person or I love, um, sometimes it's kind of like my own God complex. I think I can do it and when I can't, I have no business trying something. So I think understanding that conflict will reveal a ton. And I, it, I had conflict with a new friend. We've been friends for about a year. I love her. And we had our first conflict and it was a gift. Really? <laughs> I, oh, it was beautiful. And I, if you've lived with a lot of destructive conflict, you, you spend a lot of time avoiding it, mm-hmm. which I have. I grew up with a lot of that. And so I think having this and with a friend who I was able to say, hey, this really hurt. And for her to go, oh my gosh, I totally understand. And don't worry, it doesn't need to happen again. And we're good. I can't tell you how, what a gift that was for me. Hmm. And I've had other conflict where I say, hey, this kind of hurt. And it's really more of a, the response I got was, well, I had the right to do that. Mm -hmm. And this is why I did it. Well, that's what really keeps chipping away at your heart when you're like, oh my gosh, it was hard for me to already bring it up. And now to get pummeled in the middle of bringing it up, that just hurts. So I think understanding that conflict is very revealing. The biggest mistake we make is when it hurts, we keep trying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If it hurts and it's destructive, you kind of look at that person and just say, wow, okay, I see where we're at in the relationship and I just need to put a boundary down here. doesn't mean you throw that person away. doesn't mean you disregard them. It just helps you understand the capacity of the relationship.
0: Mhm. That's helpful. Like in our home growing up my dad is amazing, but he's a peacemaker. And so we didn't have aggressive conflict. We had no conflict. We swallowed it. Mm-hmm. And so and that's what I do with friendships and that's why I I can't connect because it's like okay, well, if there's something I don't like or there's a conflict, I'm not going to bring it up. I'm just going to swallow it and step back and step back and step back, which is you know, not, it's eliminating connection. So I'm so glad you brought that up. That's true.
1: hmm Yeah. If you bring it up and say, listen, this is really, I felt very judged. I felt mm-hmm. critiqued. and in that person says, well, I don't care. I had the right to say that. Mm. That's the gut punch. And I'm yeah. telling you, it hurts. And I've been on the side of that more times than I can count.
0: Mm.
1: Um, But once I started realizing what it was, I then began to get the permission to say, I don't have to understand everything that's going on. I just get to honor my emotions, which is, wow, I really am not getting heard. I'm not, what I feel doesn't really matter. And that's my core value of I get to be heard and I get to live free. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's fairly simple for me in, in order to be in a relationship with me if you want to grow it as long as we can say what we need to say and feel valued and respected, and we both have the freedom to be who we're supposed to be,
0: Mm -hmm. we're going to
1: be great friends. But it's going to get tested along the way, and that's constructive conflict, how that's handled.
0: Mm, That's so good. And I think another problem that we have is that, With connection is that we're in a busy disposable society we wear a shirt for a year and then we donate it Uh, we've shortened our attention spans to like 10 minute increments and then the commercial comes on or we use someone when we need them and then we forget about them and or maybe we don't work at the same place anymore and that relationship goes by the wayside so how do we be intentional with relationships how do we build deep relationships in a society that's moving, 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 or everything seems so temporary?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is what's making it hard with all this virtual world. We have mm-hmm. these false connections. Yeah. And, and then we create false expectations on those connections. And then when these people don't meet those expectations that weren't realistic in the first place, mm-hmm. we feel hurt and offended and rejected. And Part of me wants to say is, I'm not sure it was ever a real relationship in the first place. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think you're, you're, what our society's kind of missed is that continuum of relationships have to start out somewhere and then they have to pro- appropriately increase from a one to a two to a three to a four. The trust level has to be able to give the permission to build and grow. And it builds and grows through conflict constructive conflict Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: how we move into that sense of connection is the journey when we have to protect ourselves that's not bad it's just understanding that if we're constantly protecting ourselves we don't give ourselves a chance to
0: connect yeah
1: so if all your energy is spent on am i offending them am i judging them (laughs) no are they mad at me that's you're living with this constant sense of protection of making sure you're doing okay with the world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I've been there. And I think once I gave myself the, the permission to really put my energies into connecting with people and with the world and with my audience and with my friendships and with my marriage, my kids, my focus shifted away from constantly trying to make sure everybody was okay with me. And I'll be honest, I still have to struggle with that. The bigger my My audience grows and my platform grows. Sometimes it triggers me of, oh, who am I offending? What am I doing wrong? And I'm like, "Mm, I can't keep living in that. Certainly, I want to be respectful. Certainly, I want to care for where people are at. But if I'm putting the majority of my attention and focus on protection, I can't do anything about building a connection with myself and with with everyone else that I'm trying to talk with.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I like that. It makes me think of like little seedlings. Like we're so busy taking care of all these little seedlings, like on social media or just uh, people who come across us in life. We're not really tending a plant that matters, that can grow and nurture and bear fruit because we're spending all these time with these little insignificant relationships. Like I could spend an hour on Facebook or I can spend an hour on the phone with one person. The results are going to be totally different. And that's what we're doing is we're on social media or we're just passing through life and we're not really investing and living in it.
1: So well said, so well said. And I think even personally having my own virtual platform, I struggle with the role of social media in my life. Do Mm -hmm. I get on it? Do I not get on it? Do I offer something? Do I not offer something? There's no easy answer to it. You know, I don't want to create false relationships with people out there, but I do want to create a sense of um, hope and Mm -hmm. uh, tools for helping people to connect better um, so it's a tricky balance to play. And there's a, there's an ethical responsibility for each of us as we step into social media. What is it that we're really trying to accomplish here? What would, what is it that would set us up for success and set the people that we're trying to connect up with success? What is it that we get to offer versus what is it we're trying to constantly protect or navigate around or go after or attack? None of that really is, is important to me. How I connect with the world is what I'm, what I'm looking at
0: mm-hmm well that was so helpful and that's all the time we have for today <laughs> so thank you heather i uh, join us next time when we address the next topic in grace space freedom versus control please subscribe to the heather penny podcast and for questions comments and resources please visit heatherpenny.com Remember to live your best life. You have to live intentionally. Have a great day. And we can't wait for you to join us next week, Mondays at eight, which is going to be our new drop time. So be sure to check us out every Monday at eight. Thanks, Heather. Oh, you're welcome, Christina. Thanks so much.